A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello. Before we start this episode of the MMA Fan Podcast, we need to tell you about our sponsor, Free Train. Free Train do these fantastic running vests for you to run in, hit the bag in, and they keep your phone close to your chest. No more do you need to have your phone rumbling around in your pocket when you run or at an awkward angle on your arm. You can keep it on your chest with easy access to your phone whenever you go training. And uh, what can the people do, Stu, if they want to get a vest? Simple. Head over to www.freetrain.com. Have a look. See what you like. And when you pop it in the basket, just before you check out, pop in the code MMA fan, save yourself 10%. I mean, don't ever let it be said we don't spoil you here on this podcast. www.freetrain.com. Go check them out. Excellent stuff. Right, on with the show. Sorry again, guys. We're going to briefly interrupt the podcast to tell you about a new movie called Embattled. Embattled is starring Stephen Dorff. It's written by David McKenna, who wrote American History X and Blow. Uh, You will also see cameos from Tyrone Woodley and Kenny Florian in this film. And it's the story of a tumultuous relationship between a father and his son. And did I mention that both father and son are MMA fighters? So... This could be right up your street. It's available from the 5th of July on digital download. Check it out. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin, one half of your presenting duo. Joining me as ever, Blake Harrison. Hello. Hi, mate. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. I feel that we might have peaked already on this episode and we've not even started (laughs) because uh, it's it's the pre-show, so we've got the full gang. Welcome, Brian Lacey, Scribius Pip. Hello. Nice to be here. So to give you some sort of context as to what's just happened is Blake and I recorded with Tyrone Woodley um, last week and it was amazing to get to speak to to, to Tyrone. um, But when he popped up on Zoom... He had his shirt off uh, and was in space, which yes. looked quite surreal, didn't it? <laughs> it was incredibly surreal. I mean, he looks good. He's clearly training hard for Jake Paul. He looks very, very good. Yeah. But uh, it was surreal. It was weird to see Woodley up in space. Yeah. It wasn't quite as surreal as seeing Brian Lacey and Scroobius Pip join the Zoom meeting shirtless <laughs> in space. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, the, the solar. I'm not quite in camp. The solar rays were reflecting far more off of their skin than it was off yeah. of Woodley's, for sure. Yeah, we're glowing. Yeah. The best part. The best part is Stu. You know, I'm always early. I was ready at seven o'clock. I waited f- for two minutes to make sure everyone was in. You got to work to an audience. <laughs> I waited for a minute. I waited for a minute. Damn you, Pip. Damn you. It was brilliant though when you popped in. That, that was it. I know. Was a, it's I, like a, a, I was we, happy because mine came up as a picture first. So I saw you yeah, and I yeah. got to know, oh, I get to do the reveal now. <laughs> <laughs> Smashed it. Smashed it. It's like um, when you do a gig, a, a, a comedy gig, you, the green room is generally the best. The best work happens backstage, yeah. I think. That's just happened off, uh, yeah. off there. As it, as it should be. <laughs> well, it's great to have you back, uh, both of you. Thank you very much. And for this show, obviously, we're looking ahead to this weekend's card, UFC 264, uh, McGregor, Poirier 3. Um, so the idea that we thought would be a good way to kind of kick this off was, well, I say we, Blake had an idea that we all cho- choose a fight from the prelims. So, that was so your it idea, felt, wasn't it? Felt it? Like, yeah, it felt like the prelims and the early prelims were relatively stacked and we didn't want to bore people by talking about 20 fights. We or so, you? Well, you know, potato, potato. But uh, I I was thinking it would be a good idea for everyone to pick one fight off of the... Because we'll do the main card, obviously. But I thought it would be good for everyone to pick one fight off of the prelims uh, or early prelims that they wanted us all to talk about. I thought Mm. that would be a a good idea. So that the, you know, the listeners can just listen to those kind of exciting fights and then obviously the main card. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a great idea, and uh, and when we, you know, we all choose our, our fights, and I think we've all done that. And so, how you been getting on with it anyway this week, Blake? Well, uh, you know, given that it was my idea, um, I picked uh, Sean Brady against Kevin Lee, which fell through, and I did know about that a few days ago, and I've been a little bit busy with just some stuff, yeah. and I didn't pick another fight. It's just, you know, I've just, I've not, not quite done that. I mean, that's perfectly understandable, providing you did a load of research on Kevin Lee v. Sean Brady already, right, before it fell through. Oh, yeah, man. You you did all of that, right? Oh, big time. When that's rescheduled, just come straight, (laughs) come straight to me. Because I'm, all the, all the, all the Brady, Brady Lee. Yeah, Brady Lee. I've got loads of that, mate. Loads of it. Just, it's sat here on the, I don't know if you can see it's not a, a visual medium, but it's all on the, the screen there, Brady and, Brady and Lee. Lo- loads of it, loads. Five pages just, just on that, yeah. Good Love stuff. It. So that goes out the window. So how are we going to do this now? We're just going to start with the prelims and have a chat. Nah, let's pick what other people wanted to do. <laughs> so, you know, what was your pick, Pip? <laughs> um, or, or my pick was one that I think, all of us would have been furious if we didn't get to talk about because it's someone we've talked to about a lot. It's Ryan Hall against Ilya Tapuria. Um, and Ryan Hall is just an event, isn't he? He's, oh, yeah. he's destination viewing. You tune in for Ryan Hall. I remember f- I, the, the first one I remember seeing him, I don't think, I think I must have watched him on Tough, but s- seeing him in front of a crowd against Grey Gr- Gr- Maynard. And every time Gray would push towards him, he'd just kind of go limp and fall to the ground. <laughs> and Gray was getting annoyed because he was like, how do you counter that? But he was r- rolling for leg locks and he won and he was amazing. And I, m- me and my brother were watching that, just eyes l- locked 
on on the TV, just amazed. And I, as soon as it finished, I went on Twitter. I was like, people are going to be loving this. Everyone was hating it. It was that it was that early days of Machida vibe, like when a Machida first came about and he was fighting Tito and that everyone was like, he's not a fighter, he's avoiding fighting. And then they fell in love with the technique. And that was it on Ryan Hall. And I just, yeah, I think he's amazing. But as has also been talked about, he's not someone that people want to fight because he'll either snap your leg or make you look stupid most of the time. And neither of those are good results. So he's not fought till uh, since 2019. His opponent has had half of his career since Ryan Hall last wow. fought. He's had four wow. four fights since 2019. He's 8-0. He's looked amazing in his two in the UFC. He came in the UFC in the pandemic, so he had two quite a quick succession ones and looked good. But I can't just look past my ex- excitement to see Ryan Hall in there again. Yeah, I, I completely and- agree. I'm a huge Ryan Hall fan. He's so... Because what he did recently as well and I feel like I only really saw was it Darren Elkins he fought last yeah and because before that it was it was all the Imanari roles and going for those leg locks and that which is interesting enough as it is but now he's got this kind of weird karate style where he's throwing loads of spinning kicks and he caught Elkins with a couple of those spinning kicks it's it's all he throws as well it's like he's just bought the UFC game and he hasn't learned about stamina and (laughs) building up the damage he's just like spin kick spin kick spin kick wicked but it's it's, it's brilliant it's really engaging it's so exciting no one fights like him yeah. On the feet, he's just... If you're in kicking range, he's going to spin and kick you. Or, or looks or acts like him. Like, again, it yeah. looks like he's in the office every time. It looks like he's doing a a, a gym look to camera in the office um, every time he's in a post-fight interview or whatever else. He's a, he's a legend. I love him. I remember watching him on Tough. That was how I kind yeah. of got into Ryan Hall, was remembering mm. that Ultimate Fighter series. And I just... I always gravitate towards the fighters that don't seem like fighters. Like he's yeah. got no tattoos. Yeah. He's got a hairy, yeah. undefined chest. It's everything. It's just everything. He keeps it all. The armpits. He doesn't shave a thing. He's got it yeah. all. I, I believe. In yeah, that. he's just and he's so nonchalant. Like it, when he wins, he just shrugs. His celebration is to shrug and go, "Yeah, I won," and yeah. that's it. It's brilliant. I absolutely love him. Yeah, he's the best. He's he's got that feeling of 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 um of like R- Rory McDonald, where you just like. If he wasn't doing MMA, he would be doing accounts or, or, <laughs> or something like that. And I joked about that yeah. to mates. And then when I had Rory on my podcast a while back, when he was off injured, I was like, it's, it's what I've been, I've been up to. And he's like, I've got really into stocks and shares. I'm really enjoying <laughs> trading. And I was like, I, I was joking when I said that, but you genuinely would just be doing working in an office. But you've got to love that. It was a... I watched the uh, the Elkins fight back today, which I'd forgotten how good mm. it was, and just the whole demeanour of um, yeah, of Ryan Hall is is he like he doesn't have fancy footwork. He literally just walks, yeah. and if you get close to it, he just drops, and he'll try and grab something. But then when you add to that in that camp, he he added Raymond Daniels yeah. for striking. And Kenny Florian, your mate, lads, um, has been a big influence on all of his uh, mixed martial arts game. Mix that with the sprinkling of the genius of Farah Sahabi on top of that. Yeah. And he is he's a, he is dangerously underrated, I think, because of his demeanour, because uh, he doesn't fight that often. He's only fought once every four once every yeah, year. He missed that 2017. It's, it's, it's stunned it's, it's me crazy. to see he wasn't r- r- ranked, yeah. but, but it's because of inactivity. 
Yeah. And and again, it's yeah, like he had that. two fights lined up against Ricardo Alamos. He had Dan Ige lined up. And yeah, they just fall through and fall through. And it's never really explained why. But yeah, there's always been talk for a long time that people just don't. He's not someone you want to be matched up with. No, because those 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 heel hooks and, and 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 knee bars and all that stuff. I mean, you you probably know more about this than me, Pip. But it's like when when they lock on, once it hurts, it's too late. That's yeah. an injury that can keep yeah. you out of the game for a long time. So, I suppose if you are thinking I've got to fight this guy, and if he locks something up, even if it's not locked up properly, or even if it's not hurting me, and I don't want to tap, I probably should tap. Because otherwise yeah. I might not be able to fight for a year afterwards because of the damage that he might do to my knee or my heel or, or, yeah. or whatever it is. And again, he's got a different demeanour to, to Pal Harris, who was the original in the UFC leg locker, who was... He had a really... R- r- like he's been deemed a cheat. I don't think he's particularly cheap. He just had cheat. He just had a rough upbringing. So he was very much go out there and do what I've got to do until I'm literally pulled off of them. And he got... Dr- dropped essentially from the UFC not for losing for injuring people and that was the first exposure that the UFC had majorly to heel hooks and it was this monster of a guy who couldn't look any further from Ryan Hall um, from Ryan Hall imagine (laughs) if you were fighting and you knew how famous he was for just not releasing them locks and then you looked up and Herb Dean was refing fuck me can you imagine yeah that wouldn't be fun I'd tap out I tap out at the at the weigh-ins. No. <laughs> We're only putting the Let's Vaseline on, mate. What's going on? I'm done. Yeah, leave it. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Right. <clears throat> uh, Brian, do you want to pick a fight from the prelims? Well, uh, can I just well, say Mich- we we Go have on. just on. fanboyed over Ryan Hall. Not one oh, of us has mentioned Taporia. Nah, exactly. He's it's, ten it's tough. and zero. And, and he's yeah. looked he, amazing. He's looked amazing. And it, it, uh, you could argue that if you're building a fighter to deal with a Ryan Hall, someone that's had a huge amount of sub- submission victories early in mm-hmm. their career, is now fantastic at boxing, so can close down, avoid the kicking range and go into boxing, and is clearly, I would argue, stronger and more powerful, more explosive than Ryan Hall. Aaliyah Tapuri is your guy, and he's 10-0. and 0. So yeah. how and much I- of a chance does he have against Ryan Hall? I think it's it, it's hard to say because we've not b- because of the uniqueness of of Ryan Hall. It's got that kind of feel of of an Anson Silva or or everyone always says with Mashida until you're in there and R- Ronda had it as well for a long time. Until you're in there, you can't prepare for it. So as fans, we can't either. But I think Ryan is going to have to spend a lot of time fighting absolute killer prospects because the mm. people ab- above him have got a, a ranking and everyone it's that weird thing of everyone wants to fight someone above them but yeah. that literally isn't isn't possible because <laughs> because because that's that's just how numbers work. work um <laughs> but it does it feels like he's going to have a a, a a lot of this and it might kind of ru- ruin our excitement and hope for his his career or title runs because as said he could lose this he could lose at the weekend easily you know this is a really good guy and he wouldn't it, it would be dismissed as he's lost against a nobody at, 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 at this stage. Again, depending on what they they go on to do, the kind of the McGregor Ho- McGregor Holloway effect. Of yes, he beat Max and was like, all right, as a middling middling opponent. And now you look at his record, he's like, oh my god, look at who he beat. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, 
moving on uh, to to your pick, uh, Bri, what have you gone for? So I've gone, and uh, I said it in the, the little group we got, I've gone to, for us to try and predict the two most unpredictable <laughs> fighters yeah. in the UFC, Nico Price and Michelle Pereira. Just, it's, what a fight. What a fight. Price is... Uh, just tough. He's game. Pereira is white. He's massive to start with, which is mm, yes. ridiculous for that weight class, one seventy. And I think that will cause Price problems because Price will get in a fight. He will. He does get hit. He does get caught. He does get hurt. Um, and I just, it's just a wild fight when they put it together as these two going head to head. It's just, it's nothing but fun. Any there's there's going to be no stalling against the cage. There's going to be no. Lay and pray is it's gonna be absolute war between the two. And the crazy thing is, I think Pereira is looks more unpredictable, but I think he's actually technically a, 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 a better striker than Nico Price. So I think that might cause Price's toughness might cause him problems against the the, the sort of the crazy, the wild strikes of uh, of Pereira. So uh, yeah, I just I can't see this. Don't see it going a distance. I see there's a lot of blood on the canvas early on. And I just see it being fun. I mean, um, how better can you sell a fight than that? <laughs> that sounds yeah. great. That's it. I mean, it is, I, I, this has got to be front runner for fight of the night, hasn't yeah. it? I mean, for as long as it may last. And the one reason I think it could last for quite a while, actually, is Nico Price is so durable. Like, if you mm. go back and watch You're that right, Tim yeah. Means fight, yeah. like, he was taking yeah. punches. Like, like, 90% of the strikes thrown by Tim Means seem to land. Nico Price was just taking him, taking him, taking him. And then all of a sudden comes up with a big right hand and knocks him out and wins the fight. And, <laughs> uh, and even the, 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 the Cerrone fight as well, that was so back and forth. And he was taking so many strikes that his durability could play a huge factor in this lasting longer. Because I think Pereira will be so much harder to hit than Nico Price. Pereira's footwork is so good. And what he's done lately as well after... Um, what was the? I can't remember the guy that he fought where he gassed out after like less than a round and then ended yeah, up, I think, getting, getting completely. To, it was like Tim, after trying to do a big flip and stuff. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it was like Timothy someone. Sorry, Timothy someone, but I can't but remember. Tristan Connolly. Tristan Connolly, that, that's it. Not Timothy, mm. Tristan Connolly, yeah, that's yeah. the one. Uh, and then obviously the Diego Sanchez fight was a weird kind of disqualification situation. And since then, he seems to have gone, okay. All the running up the cage, the fans love it. I love it. But it's, it's harder to get the wins that way. It's hard. It's more easier for me to kind of gas out. And it, lately, I feel like he puts some of that stuff together, but he does it intermittently and he does it yeah. sparingly. And it still makes him exciting, but he's not gassing himself out. And his front kicks to the yeah. body are lethal. He moves in and out yeah. so well. I think he's going to be really hard to hit. And I think his size is going to be a big factor as well. Yeah, I, 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 I think, think Michelle's going to win this one. I think he's done similar to what, what we saw with Gaethje, where Gaethje weaponized his violence and turned it into sport violence rather than just Gaethje violence. Pereira's weaponized his craziness and turned it into sport craziness yeah. and using it, as you said, in, in the right moments, in the right way. And moments is the key word. I think whether or not it will be fight of the night, there's going to be the moment of the night in yeah. one of these two prelims that we've just discussed, because that weird shit happens in, in, with these fighters in there. And, and now Diego's gone. These are the two in the UFC that you're guaranteed that something weird is is, is going to happen in Pereira and in and in Hall. 
Yeah, I mean, he's found other ways of entertaining the fans as well. I mean, that um, Imadayev fight where he's kissing his hand with it open and showing it to him. We're going, come on in, come on in. And then he slaps him around the face with it. And you're like, the disrespect is so bad. But he just does it. And then what he does as well that is so brilliant is he will throw in the odd cheeky takedown when you're not expecting it. I mean, he absolutely ragdolled him a dive at the end of that fight. I know he yeah, kind of caught yeah. him in a weird kind of scramble on the feet and then just belly to back suplexed him like it was Ken Shamrock in a WWF or something. Yeah. And then um, I think in uh, who did, who's his Chaos Williams fight, he threw in a couple of takedowns as well. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, that is clever because you're preparing for a guy that runs up the walls and backflip kicks you and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you're on your back going, hang on a minute, why is he he's shooting for a takedown now? And it just yeah. opens up other avenues. It's so clever. And it, I, I think you're hard pushed to find a more exciting fighter on the roster, on the entire UFC roster to watch than, uh, than Michelle Pereira. And I think Nico Price, Price is going to be possibly the best foil for him because I think he's going to keep coming forward, keep coming forward. And I think he's going to have to be a bit of a zombie and take three or four strikes in order to close the difference and, and have a bit of a brawl with him or something like that yeah. to be able to get something off for himself. But I think Pereira's footwork's so good that I yeah. can see him avoiding all of that and just picking him apart. The other factor in this, in this fight is the, the cages they've been fighting in through lockdown have been smaller. Now, this is the, the, the bigger cage. So this is the, the main yeah, event it's... bigger cage as well. So you've got right. more space for Pereira to use yeah. that move and more space for him to come in and out and, uh, and avoid Price just coming forward. So I, th- I think it's a tough night for Price, but he's such a tough git that he, you kind of – it's a great fight. No matter where they put it, what, what, what part of the card it's on, everyone's tuning in for it. So, um, yeah, but that's just an interesting factor. Just the size of the cage is yeah. now going to be yeah, bigger. Yeah, that's great. Was- I, I, I don't think there's been a kind of upcoming fighter that I've been as excited about as Piera that I never think will be champion. <laughs> it's, it's no weird, I'm so excited to Zero see him. No, he's not, I don't think he's going to be a champion at all. All, all the other kind of up and coming, you're like, oh, what could he be? But this is the guy's like, can't see him having a belt, but I'll watch him every time they put him out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, shout, good shout. Right, well, um, let's move on to. Uh, I think this is uh, this is the headline uh, fight of the prelims, isn't it? And it's Griffin versus Condit. Yeah. Um, just kind of looking through Carlos's record, I, I don't know how, how much longer he's going to be in the UFC. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Carlos Condit? I think he's a legend, and he's been in some of the best fights and brought a style that just was slicker than anything people had seen at the time. Just, just his fluidity, he felt like a computer game fighter. Um, but yeah, he's getting on. He's not had the best. He's had ups and downs. Well, he's had a he's, he's done a, a grappling bat um, this year. Um, he beat Matt Brown this year, didn't he? He did beat Matt Brown beat at the Matt beginning Brown, of the year, right, and he's yeah. fought Jake Ellenberger uh, in a grappling bat. Um, and then, obviously, uh, the end of last year, he beat Court McGee. But up until then, back to back, five back to back losses: Kies Oliveira, Magni, Meyer, and Robbie Lawler. Um, oh, they're good. They're good they're, people to lose to, though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they yeah. are. They yeah. are top guys. Come I mean, on. other than maybe Alex Oliveira, you're talking about Woodley, probably just before he was champion, it so was. on the rise. 
Lawler for the belt when he was an absolute killer, winning fight yeah. of the year mm. and stuff like that. And then you just mentioned Magni, who we know is like a gatekeeper for the top five. He's been in yeah. that top ten for ages. And then who was the other one you mentioned? Uh, uh, Maya. Maya. <clears throat> and Maya. Oh, Kiesa and Maya. I mean, yeah. So and again, Maya probably a few years back, so not the mm. kind of Maya we see today. And Kiesa's become, you know, a top six, top five yeah. welterweight, you know. So I mean, the, the, as, as Pip says, the, these are no mugs to lose to. Condit's mm. not got any bad losses on his record, really. So, and Max Griffin is not the caliber of fighter of all those people when they beat Condit. I mean, you could maybe say mm. Max Griffin beat, beats Woodley now or, you know, beats Meyer now. But back then, there's no way. Yeah. And so that that is a big factor and a big difference. But Max Griffin... I mean, did you see what he did to... Is it Brahimaj? His Ramiz, ear? Ramiz. Ramiz oh Brahimaj. Oh, my God. His ear yeah. just came yeah. off, basically, from an elbow. It was just flopping around. I rewatched that earlier today, Same. and I kind of forgot about it, to be honest. Mm. And I watched it, and as soon as I saw that ear flopping around, I literally was like, oh, oh my God, oh, no! It stop, was it. Just a, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Is it? It's the bit where he's against the cage and he gets punched and it wobbles like that. And even yes. he goes, oh, what was that? And he puts his hand in his ear, in yeah. his ear. And the referee's still looking like that. And you're like, no, stop. And then when um, uh, uh, Griffin steps back, Griffin says, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, oh, my God. I did that. I did that. Oh, amazing. Well, it was an elbow, wasn't it, that done it? I yes, think I think so. It was so. an elbow, but it was a, a right hook beforehand. So I watched it again today, and it was the right hook that wobbled him against it. Then he got him against the cage. So I actually think he burst it and then tore it. Um, oh. But it's, uh, it's yeah, the, the joys of cauliflowers. But it, it was quite literally hanging on by a thread. And then Dominic Cruz, <laughs> I think, says something. He says, ladies and gentlemen, we don't play fighting. <laughs> something <laughs> like that. He says something. He says, like, this is, this is a real deal. Like, he takes it right down. And we're, everyone's just going, what yeah. the... Screenshot that. Send that on the WhatsApp oh group. God. It's yeah. mad. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, um... I guess before we move on to the main car, because we've still got so much to talk about, and, and, and we're talking about uh, commentators there, um, Dominic Cruz. Brian, am I right in saying that you've had a quick jaunt to Russia? I've been to Russia, been to Sochi, mate. Yes, I just bounced to Sochi last week with Mr. Pickett, which was, uh, yeah, it was awesome. How was that then? It was good. So Sochi is like their Marbella. So it's, uh, if you can imagine very stern Russian blokes walking around in speedos, that was my entire week. Oh, uh, don't mind if I do. <laughs> I will send you the shots. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was just nice to get back out there. We, uh, we, we were on the um, FSB uh, list, so they let us straight in. So that's great to know. That's uh, but apart from that, no, it was, it was good. It's just good to get back out and get, get back in there. Uh, yeah, travel again for some of these fights, which is awesome. And you was calling fights, yeah? Yeah, called some fights. Got to roll on the, a rooftop with Mr. Pickett for the first time in two years nearly. So, because I've got a knee injury, lads. I don't know if you know about this. I've got a ACL and MCL. I don't know if anyone Is it else. a housemate's knee? <laughs> That's not what Housemate's knee? <laughs> Look at <laughs> you getting in first. <laughs> nothing as serious as that. 
just just <laughs> tore my MCL and joke. ACL wrestling, mate. How did how did you do yours? <laughs> well, yeah, no, well, lucky you, because that housemaid's knee is no joke, mate. I've been you know having to have like half a teaspoon of, of turmeric every morning in my apple juice. Oh, like it's oh, been, it's, yeah, man, it's this serious stuff that housemaid's knee. So. Uh, the struggle is real. The struggle it's, is real. It's worrying though because some somebody who rose to stardom so young with the BBC now having an issue caused by spending a lot of time on your knees. It's really it's really worrying. <laughs> 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 oh, I can't edit that out. <laughs> Brilliant. What was quite funny was on our, our little WhatsApp group we've got um, when. Uh, I accidentally let it slip that uh, Blake had a knee condition uh, called housemaid's knee. Um, there was some incredibly high-level bants thrown at Blake. And I think it all happened one night. And it all went a bit quiet. You didn't respond. And I remember waking up the next morning thinking, oh, no, is he a little bit offended by <laughs> I was early in that group as well, so you don't know what the line is. So I was sat there the next morning. It's, it's blue ticked. It's blue ticked. We've had nothing back. They'll have set up another group talking about whether to kick me out of this group. <laughs> oh dear! Has anyone else got anything they want to say about um, Condit Griffin? Or are we going to move on to the, uh, the 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 big hitters and the main card? Let's crack no, on. Let's yeah, let's let's crack on to the main card. I mean, they're all. That's the the one thing I would say is all those fights that we've just mentioned are cracking fights that any of them could get a knockout fights could go either way and all of them are going to be high action really really fun fights so uh, you're in for a treat one more thing just quickly to give just condit some more his record some context and some more praises people have to remember when fighters were fighting in the gsp era because GSP was just the next level above mm. everyone. Like you, Condit. If GSP wasn't there, Condit probably would have been the champ at some point at his best. Mm. And there's so many fighters who you can say that for at that weight class uh, that you and, can kind of go, "Oh, they were obviously a gatekeeper." Or whatever. Uh, no, no, no. The, the the level was just that much higher because GSP existed. And I think at that time as well, he did get a a, a shot against. Uh, Johnny Hendricks, who oh. again at that time was a fucking killer. Yeah. He was knocking people across the octagon when he knocked yeah. them out. And yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think that was I think that was Condit's only other loss that we haven't yeah. we haven't brought attention to. So you know, as as said, all absolute killers that also um, also the great one of the greatest mean mugs in MMA ever. Like his stare yeah. downs, his fight faces. Yeah, it's it's that's it's it's natural born killer. That's the perfect nickname yeah. for him. It's brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Okay, first card on the main card. Uh, first fight on the main card. Even it's a sugar show. Oh, it's a weird one, isn't it? Mm. Because he was supposed to fight Louis Smoker. That's dropped out. Hell of a matchup that would have been. That's and that would have been a great fight uh, and a real test in, in terms of of Mal- O'Malley. I mean, you would have favoured O'Malley, but this had more far more credibility to it than what's happened. And it's really interesting to see how the UFC have played it because Smoker drops out and every man and his dog that can make 135 was calling for this O'Malley fight. Uh, Ricky Simone was one of the big front wallers, I think. Uh, Kelleher Merab. was really calling for it. 
Marad. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean, let's not even bother talking about Marad. There's no way they were going to stick Sean O'Malley no in with Marad, and I don't no blame chance. them. Yeah, um, yeah. But but Tim Elliott, I think, was talking about popping up to 135. That's 20. a great and fight. And all as well. of those names would have given a win for O'Malley far more credibility. Instead, they've gone with this guy Moutinho, who I think has been fighting in a, a, a smaller promotion in the New England area. He's not got the best record in the world. And what this does is it kind of makes it, if it wasn't obvious already, it's really obvious now that, to me, the UFC are trying to make O'Malley a star. They're trying to give him the right kind of running. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that because you're building a star and a, and a brand that will make your company more money later down the line. Then it might lead to more interesting fights down the line. But what it also does, the kind of flip of that coin is, I feel like now... O'Malley just getting a win isn't good enough. If mm. this guy takes O'Malley to a decision, I think that leaves question marks over O'Malley. And that is maybe mm. unnecessary pressure for a young guy that, you know, he, he lost to Cheeto a, a couple of fights back. And I know he's an incredibly confident guy. But if he doesn't put on a real statement in this fight, which is what probably should happen, then people are going to be asking questions and, and thinking about his legitimacy and it's going to slow down him getting a ranked opponent and, and all those things. And, and I just wonder whether it's a risk worth taking and if they would have had a, done a better job if they had have put him in with a, a, a winnable fight, yes, but a more recognisable name. Yeah, agreed. I think that the, the idea that you're going to... The, the UFC are telling the world that this, this guy is the next big thing. He's a killer, blah, blah, blah then you can't have it both ways. You can't tell everyone and expect everybody to get on board and then give him a fire that they've given him. And I'm not taking nothing away from, from that opponent, but I think that the Ricky Smond fight would have been much better. I think that would have been a really, really good fight. And I just think that the, the UFC can't keep you know, putting these people on pedestals and then just giving them completely you know, fights that are way beneath them you know, statistically. I... I completely disagree with both of you. Um, oh, and, yeah. and, and I'll explain why. I'll explain why. I would agree on any other card, but you're on a Connor card. Mm-hmm. And Connor cards bring, bring casuals, and casuals are who they want to build a young star with. Casuals will not know that Ricky Simone is a tougher test than the guy Sean is against here. Um, we should they, remember his name, really, because none of us Exactly. I mean, that's, that's what we're all saying. Moutinho. That's his name's Moutinho. Moutinho. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and that's kind of the point. They'd put him in against Smolker because, like, either way, you're going to have a wild fight there. They're both like mm. Smolker is a warrior, so they, it would have been an exciting fight. Either he goes out on his sword. Either way, you're getting an exciting card fight on a huge card. But I think everyone who stepped up to challenge, even the ones that you might have said are winnable on a full camp, were a lot more risky of him being smothered, of of him being held down. Whereas again, if it's on the Connor card, and he's he's that loud and mouthy, and he's got the look and all of that, you want to Raymond Daniels him, you want to put him in there and, and watch him do his cool shit, um, and send him on his way. Again, I'd, I'd I'd be a lot more critical if it wasn't a replacement. If this was the original opponent, oh yeah, you'd be like, what are they doing? But I think the UFC saw that they can get away with it as such. Kind of game. Well, it's a last minute thing. It will sling someone in there. And I think, mm. yeah, they wanted a, a guarantee of excitement. They said the Smolker one is a guarantee of excitement. 
you don't know who's going to win. And this, in their eyes at least, you, you'd imagine, which is always a dangerous bet. They're they're thinking, well, Sean can can go in and do his thing, and we get to get some highlights or some something that we can replay just before the main event or mm. or whatever else. It's Less the, like that, don't backfire. Well, do you yeah. know what? It's, it's the perfect point. If you look at all the Connor cards going down the line, they have a, a method for them. They put on some of the fan favourites and they put rising stars. That is how they build it off the back of the, the, the hype train that is Conor McGregor and all that comes with him. Um, and with Sean O'Malley, he is, he's, and, and like we're trying to second guess the UFC. The UFC is so good at this. Like we we say we question all these little decisions that they make here and there, and they they know what they they like they can feel when there's some potential in somebody, and they'll invest it because look at what it's done with the likes of Connor, with the likes of Ronda, with even with John Jones, people that they can put a little bit of push behind, um, and they get so much back. We are in the world of where they are building entertainment cards. They are building these cards which people will tune in, and the fight we always talk about the fighters get a certain amount of money, but the UFC absolutely rinse it we're at UFC 264 and they very rarely pull a wrong punch they make some mistakes they make some uh, yeah decisions we might not agree with but they're winning the house always wins and I think with Sean O'Malley they recognize he's got the package as far as his look his style his fighting so that Almeida fight that Almeida fight was something else he made Almeida mm. look ordinary and mm. Almeida is he's, he is world class uh, he, yeah. Take that loss away. Yeah. He's a dangerous human being, and he could have finished him in the first round. Stepped back and then finished him, yeah. pieced him up all the way through that fight. My only worry with Sean O'Malley is, and this is um, something where you, you look at the likes of Dominic Cruz, where you see, we, we might miss the best of him because he's a brittle fighter. You see that Cheeto yeah. Vera mm. thing; he gets injured, he comes out of fights. Um, so the, the, for me, I, there's also the, the pressure of the UFC. They want to make money out of this guy. They want to build him. But whether he will be there, whether he can take the punishment that all these training camps and all these wars give you is another question. So I hope we do get to see the best of him because he's so exciting. He's got everything. But, um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's one of those sort of stop starts at the minute. But uh, I think you bang on there, Pip. I think that's... Something I hadn't thought of before, but actually when you think about the UFC and those casual fans, this is where you get that buy. My mom watches Conor McGregor fight cards. That's how, that's how, that's how she's casual. She's all right. <laughs> well, the next fight on the card, Aldana versus Kunitskaya. Did I say that oh, one right? Oh, that Kunitskaya. is good. I'm actually Yay. impressed, mate. I was waiting for that. I was like, he's going to say this one, surely. I doubted you. But no, you came through that with did flying colours. Did you see him mop his brow before? He saw me coming to an end and then there was a little bit of this. There's this little bit of rustling. I got this, lad. He's got it up in big letters in front of his screen, hasn't it? Yeah, he was on mute for that whole yeah. bit you were saying at the That's end there. Right. He looked like he was mumbling something under his breath. <laughs> mute. Can it sky? Oh, dear. Um... What are your thoughts on this one, lads? Uh, well, it's, I mean, well, I mean, there's there's probably a fair amount at stake, particularly for Aldana, in terms of the fact that um, you She's know, ranked I think, three, right? I, I, I thought it was five and four. I can't remember which way round I got it, but I mean, either way, they're in the top five, both of them. I think Kunitskaya, I think, has been beaten by. Uh, I, I don't know, has she been beaten by Nunes before? I'm not sure, but the point is, I think 
Cyborg. She got smashed by Cyborg. Right. Well, but I think she's had a loss recently anyway. Maybe it was Holly Holm or something like that. I'm not sure. But she lost to Aspen Ladd. Aspen Ladd was... Right, well, I'm yeah, getting everything wrong. But the point is, I think that Kunitskaya is not necessarily up for a, a, a title shot next, If she, even if she wins this. Aldana, on the other hand, I think if she wins, she could be getting a title shot. Although Aspen Ladd is waiting in the wings. I think she's got a fight booked against Macy Chazon in a bit. So I think what we might see is a situation where Dana White does his whole, oh, Tuesday's the matchmaking uh, day. I'm not going to talk about, you know, fights on the night and all that stuff if Aldana gets a great decision, a a, a great victory. And then um, he'll wait to see how Aspen Ladd does. And then depending on who does the better uh, job out of Aspen Ladd and Aldana, that person will probably be getting the next title fight against Nunes. And I think we mentioned this on the show uh, before, Stu, when we've done stuff regarding um, uh, the 125 division with Valentina Shevchenko. There's something about these divisions that just, you, you, they can't hold a candle to 115 because the champions are just so far ahead of everyone else. And it makes the fights that are even potential number one contender fights feel slightly inconsequential yeah. and you can't get as excited for them because you think, oh yeah, it's, it's a great match. Oh, well done. You'll be a number one contender, but you'll never win the belt because Nunes is so much better than the rest and yeah. Shevchenko is so much better than the rest. If this was a type of fight you'd get at 115, you'd be going, this is great because, you know, 115, you've got Mackenzie Dern, you've got uh, Marina Rodriguez and Joanna and Zhang Wei Li and, and Rose obviously is the champion at the moment. Any of those five people fight each other and I get excited, I go, I don't know which way this is going to go. If Mackenzie Dern gets Rose to the mat, Mackenzie Dern could win this fight. You know, all these little things that you could see happening. Marina Rodriguez, all these fighters, it's exciting. 115 is one of the best divisions in the UFC, regardless of gender. 135 and 125, there's just such a gulf between the champions that I personally feel like I can't get as excited for these big fights. I think it's it's partly what you did there as well is at 115 you you, you can reel off a load of names because there's depth in the divisions and I think yeah. in those divisions at 125 and 35 and 45 outside or whatever there's not that depth and well 45 is not even a division if you go on the UFC yeah. rankings it's just a picture yeah. of Nunes and blank there's no yeah. names underneath <laughs> yeah. it Nunes and With a pie. anyone else we can find <laughs> to get in there yeah and, and and that's it because of that there's no time to build contenders because there's no one there. It's like, well, whoever fights, the winner is number one contender because there's not enough people in the divisions. And I think that's the major problem there. And it's it's tough. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's, it's, it's really from, tough. I was going to say, for me, it's and this is not supposed to be disrespectful whatsoever, it's quite a weird fight to have on the main card of or, this or, card. Or Brian, one, what you were saying earlier about how they build the Connor cards is they also, yeah. and I think it's really good, they also always try and put a women's MMA fight on there somewhere. Yeah. And it's just tough because you're not going to want to put a title fight in there. Because it's a, yeah. it's a it's a Connor card, he gets the main event, and as I said those divisions are thin, and it's 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 a younger sport. A women's MMA is a younger sport, so obviously there's going to be there isn't going to be as deep a pool. Uh, Ronda really blew it up and inspired a lot of the young girls who are coming up now. Will often say, "I got into MMA because of Ronda." So we're a few years off having that depth. So. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. I kind of saw this yeah. fight on there and thought, oh, all right. But then also yeah. thought, I'm glad there's a women's fight. On there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just, just the, 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 it's a weird balance there. And in terms of it yeah, being think- like a potential number one contender fight, that is probably smart business because you go, oh, who's Nunes fighting now? Oh, Arena Aldana, the one her? that fought on yeah. the Connor card. So in, in that sense, it is good business. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I just thought Aldana, because of the loss with home, the last fight, and she got totally holy homed, was makes it very difficult to to pitch that, especially when you see how home's been handled. Yeah. Uh, Jana, the one, uh, her last fight was was Maya, um, which was fine. She she showed she got some stuff on the ground. Styles wise, this might be decent because Jana's got that uh, taekwondo background. Um, Aldana just even on the front foot just couldn't get anything off against Holly Home though. So. Uh, maybe, maybe there's a bit of magic in the air as far as the matchmaking, and, and they see something that that I don't, which I, often they do. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's great. It, it's a great fight to have as far as getting some ladies on the main card. But I, as far as exactly what you boys have said, what it does next for the divisions is is very difficult to yeah. see. Okay, next on Tito Aveza versus Greg Hardy. Uh, I mean, what's after that, Stu? Sorry, sorry, I'm 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 not a Hardy fan. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think uh, the the crowd make their thoughts on Hardy quite uh, audible yeah. every time he uh, steps in the octagon, don't they? And uh, the thing that makes it really tough is because he's hated because of his domestic abuse history. Mm. It's the Mayweather thing of people tuning t- to watch him getting knocked out, and he's slowly getting better. You know, it's, but if you're tuning in, you're tuning in. Yeah, it's a really, it's a tough one here. I love to Avassa though. He's a good lad, isn't he? Yeah. Well, it's really hero. It's hero versus villain, isn't it? It's a guy that's been convicted of some really nasty stuff, and it's a guy that drinks beer out of his shoe. So it's hero versus villain stuff here, isn't it? One of my favourite things was Ty being on the fight 
on on the card just as the pandemic broke out, winning and trying to get a shoe off someone. Yes, who've been like, "There's a pandemic. What are you doing?" He's like, "Can't get it." He's like, "No, you're not getting a shoe off someone to drink. We're not. We're not going that far." <laughs> and wasn't it in like a Muslim country as well? And he's like looking around for a beer. It's like, mate, I don't yeah. think they're going to broadcast this. Dry country in a pandemic, and he's like, "Come on, guys, give me a beer and a shoe." Give me a beer. How many people are you offending? Oh but he's still again a lovable guy. But you should you should uh, that you could play a drinking game along with his drinking, which is that every time that because the commentators yeah. mention yeah. it so often, yeah. so often. Get him a shoe. Grab him a shoe. Get him a yeah. shoe. He needs a shoe. You can have a yeah. shoe. You you watch how many times they mention, it, especially in the post fight interview. Even he's getting a little tired yeah. of it. I yeah. Think. yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. How do we still kind of smirking, going. waiting for him to do it? Go on. Go on. Go on, do it, go on. You're going to get a shoe. You're going to get a shoe. All right. Chill out, guys. Well, they've both lost to to good guys, haven't they? I mean, mm-hmm. like like even um, at Hardy, you're looking at Tybora, who's on like a five fight win streak and has just made his way into the rankings as well. Volkov, who's obviously right up there in like the top five. Mm-hmm. And then Bam Bam's lost to like JDS, Ivanov, Spivak. So again, no, not mugs necessarily, but I mean, I, I worry mostly for Bam Bam in terms of size. I think even though they're both heavyweights and they'll probably tip the scales at like 265 or whatever it is, Greg Hardy has nearly missed weight as a heavyweight on a couple of occasions. Yeah. And you just look at him and you're like, he's massive. Like, yeah. I think you'll be Thanks. surprised at how big he'll look in comparison to Bam Bam. Like, Bam Bam is someone that, looks soft and if he went on a diet could actually like make 205 maybe even if he he really dieted down and made some big changes in his life greg hardy is is just as you said he's dense he's just and i think the one thing i would say about him is he tires he does get tired and i think if bam bam can throw some leg kicks can can keep on, on away from the punches a bit and um and kind of move around a bit and use a little bit of speed, because I think he might have a speed advantage in this, then if he can make it to the second round, I think he might really have a chance. But I think in that first round, Hardy's hands are like trucks coming towards you, and you, you've got to be careful. Where are they fighting? Are inhalers allowed in this, in this event? Or are they, <laughs> IV are they drips. The rules? You can have respiratory. <laughs> but they, the Greg Hardy one, the, the last one against Tabora, he was winning that mm. fight. He was winning that fight. He won the first round handily, yeah. beat up Tybora, which says a lot because Tybora is good. Uh, and then when he got to the mat, he showed a big hole in yeah. his game. Even though he was close to the cage, had no idea how to get back to it to try and get back to his feet. And like you said, just tired. He just tired. The thing is, though, uh, with Ty, he'll stand there and bang yeah. with him. He won't, he'll, that's what he'll want to do. Uh, and he looked great in his last fight. He was work, he's gone, started training at, um, out in Dubai. He's working with Gokan Soki. Um, as far as and you look at those leg kicks they did mm. in his last fight they were immense I thought they were beautiful and that's what started the end of his uh, his last fight and if he's wise he'd wrestle and try and tire or even just make it a bit dirty inside so there's a lot of leaning on each other against Greg Hardy try and get him tired um, but I've got a feeling they're going to stand and bang and I, I actually think Greg Hardy for all of his faults he learns very very quickly he is an athlete. Mm. He's one of these people that every time you see him, he's got a bit. He's fought. No way he should have fought mm. Polkov and at this lasted. stage of his career. Mm. Yeah, and lasted. And then, so he's get he's getting better. And I, I, like, if, I, if he had more of a gas tank, I think he would have beaten Tybor. And he finished him in the first round. But um, 
yeah, you gotta love Ty. Ty is the people's champion. This one, yeah, we want, is. we want some. Yeah, he really, he really is, really is. Okay. Two fights left on the card. Uh, what's next? Burns Wonderboy. Oh, this is an interesting one, isn't it? I love it. Magic. It's Absolute magic. Magic. So, I mean... We won't talk about no, it. We'll, we'll just stay quiet. Well, <laughs> so, main event, just breathe that in. Breathe it in. Give <laughs> this and just imagine it for a while. Let's just, let's just give, give us all a minute. I'll have a second. I'm going to take this opportunity to apologise for getting Kunitskaya and Aldana's <laughs> records quite badly mixed up. But uh, I will move on to, uh, to Thompson and Burns. And... Um, I mean, the thing is, there's loads at stake for Wonderboy, isn't there? Because mm-hmm. if he puts on a show here, I do think he probably needs a finish. We've had Dana White saying on numerous occasions, oh, Colby's getting the shot. Colby's getting the shot. As far as I'm aware, nothing has been signed yet, and I don't think that that's an accident, right. and I don't think it's a negotiation problem. I think Diaz it's... is getting the shot. Diaz is well, getting the shot. Well, there's always on. that. <laughs> I'm sure Usman would like that. That is easy money for Usman, I think. But... Wonderboy, if he puts on a show here, if he was able to knock out Gilbert Burns, I think he gets the shot. He's someone that Usman hasn't fought yet. I think it's a big name for Usman. It's a really big challenge for him. And Wonderboy's not getting any younger, and he's a fan favourite. And I really think if he wins this fight well, he leapfrogs Leon, and he leapfrogs Colby. And I hate that because I want to see Leon get that shot. Nine or ten fight win streak, however you want to say it. He has put in the time to earn that shot. But Wonderboy's got a claim. He's fought probably the tougher competition overall in, you know, beating Jeff Neal, beating Vincente Luque recently. Um, mm-hmm. And then if he beats Burns, then that, that really does do a lot for him, I think. Um, so a lot's on the line for Wonderboy there. If Burns can get him to the ground, though, he's, he's in for a world of pain, right? But, but it feels like Burns is falling in love with his striking a little bit. In 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 recent times, and rightfully so, his his boxing has got really good. But yeah, I I think Wonderboy is the the biggest threat f- for Usman out of out of the people, you know, in the running. We've already seen the Colby fight. Leon is amazing, but again, he's just not he's not shown it in his moments where he's he's needed to. Um, and I think styles make matchups, and I think. Um, Wonderboy Usman is kind of similar to um, Ronda Holly Holm. And again, it annoys me that there's a narrative that that MMA caught up with Ronda. I don't think it's that at all. I think stars make matchups. If MMA caught up with Ronda, then then Holly wouldn't have lost the belt to someone that Ronda had beaten comfortably several times. And mm. Nunes wouldn't have, have had her only loss to someone that Ronda had beaten in under six six seconds. I think stars make matchups. And Usman is a is a pressure fighter, and Wonderboy is a counter striker. He 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 loves it if someone else closes the distance. The same with Holly Holm. Holly hadn't looked impressive in in the UFC, but Ronda was going to close that distance for her. Um, and the the times that Wonderboy has had matches that he's been criticised for, it's when it's people who sit back and wait for an opening as well. Woodley. It's yeah. the prime example, particularly in recent years, of waiting. I mean, with Woodley waiting for Prince Charles to come and cut a ribbon at the, at the fucking opening, <laughs> but um, still just sitting back and waiting for openings. But Usman wouldn't allow that, and I don't think Burns will allow that either. Burns, in this 
beautiful part of his career has been outworking everyone. He's been going in there as the underdog and going, no, I'm going to work harder, I'm going to win. And I think, yeah, that's the perfect matchup for for Wonderboy and as a preparation for Usman. As as a, if you're going to beat someone that will make the brass think you've got a chance against Usman, then Burns or or Covington are the two guys to 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 beat in that world that will make you go, all right, there's a chance there. Um, Burns has brought in Raymond Daniels though. Did you know this for his yeah. striking? Which I was watching the countdown thing, and it was because Daniels and Wonderboy fought. Um, I think I didn't see that fight, but I think Wonderboy injured his ankle or something during it. So, it, but. I was watching this uh, and Burns is a student like he's become a world champion in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu yeah. he put himself right into the fight I, I know people that train with him that go out there and um, uh, spend time with him and they, they say such nice things about him like he's one of the hardest workers he's, he'll go out of his way to help every single person in the gym he's not one of these that thinks I've got a status or anything else and he's, he's a very He's, he's somebody that will put in the work. He's somebody that won't leave those stones unturned. And the fact he's brought in Raymond Daniels is interesting for me. Even the, the small shots he saw in uh, the, the countdown show where he's, he's looking at how mm. to cut angles, how not to get blitzed, how to counter those and how to, to bring it into his world. It is, it's fascinating, especially with that, that little touch on top. Um, because it's a tough fight. For, it's, a, it's a big fight for him as well. He got finished by Usman. If he gets finished by Burns, that that's it. He's moved up in a weight class to make this charge at the title. He is he's got that world champion mindset because he's achieved it in other sports before. That'll be that'll be devastating for him, and I think that is what's motivating him as far as every single day. And then you flip across. There was a wonderful bit in the countdown for show for Wonder Boy. He's just he's just he just makes me happy. You see him on there and he's teaching the kids class and he's got all the kids and they're spinning sticks and they're doing all this. And then he says, "Who's hands up, who's going to kick someone in the head? And so they all put their, all these seven-year-olds put there. And then it's, it shows sparring with like five to seven-year-olds. That's a kick in the head. Yeah, and you're like, it shouldn't be that much fun watching kids kick each other. But when Wonderboy is asking your kid to kick, you're like, yeah, that's a good thing. It's just, he emanates this positivity. So it's, it's just, it's a great fight. And uh, I think... Wonderboy, yeah, he, he'll probably line up with the shot if he gets it. But I think there's something about Burns in this one as well. I think this is this is going to be uh, this is this is a really exciting fight, especially for the co-main. Yeah, I mean, well, the the other thing to just talk about, I guess, is what are either of their chins that good? Like, could we see either of them going to see? Because you look at Wonderboy. Yeah, I, I mean, he too. took some big shots from Woodley, but Pettis. Knocked him out. Um, and then you look at Gilbert Burns. I mean, Usman, I think, hits very hard. I think Usman hits very hard. But then Gilbert Burns, his, his best wins are at welterweight anyway. Are Meyer, who we all know is, is not the man he was. And Woodley, post Usman, who again is not the man he was. So this is probably the biggest test other than Usman that Gilbert's had. And he fell short at the Usman one. The Raymond Daniels wrinkle is very, very interesting um, to see how much he can pick up in a short period of time to negate Wonderboy's very unique style. But when you look at their resumes, Wonderboy, I feel like, has fought the who's who and more often than not come out on top. And Burns has not... Or argued, or or argued, like... 
where the Till fight where a lot of people thought oh, Wonder yeah. Boy won with the Woodley 100%. fight a lot of people the one that was a draw a lot of people think yep. Wonder Boy won so there's a lot there where even his record is, is deceptive on how he's he's done against these these monsters absolutely and but I mean I, I you're gonna I mean and his defensive wrestling is so good Wonderboy he very rarely gets taken down so mm. I, you kind of think Gilbert's best chance is to have learned something from Raymond Daniels where he can get some kind of step off and hook or whatever it is that uh, he can do to land a bit of power Wonderboy's wobbled and then he can get him to the floor other than that I can see Wonderboy getting a decision here relatively comfortably I think that's a great shout. I think it, I think this fight will be decided on the feet because Wonderboy has got s- such good reach and good footwork. He's just not there. So even if it is a submission, you do feel that it will come from, from Gilbert catching him at some point mm. and getting him down rather than, again, it's not an Usman-style double-leg charge kind of power thing. It's it, That's not that's not Gilbert's style anyway. So, yeah, I think that's a great shout. You, you, you talk about... You know what's what's Wonder Boy's chin like, and you looking just looking through his card here. The only person that that stopped him, like the Coyote, was that Superman punch from Pettis. Yeah. Like yeah. all of his other losses are decisions, and, and he was winning that one as well. Yeah. Again, yeah. Was, yeah. not to keep g- 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 going on about his, his deceptive record, he was looking amazing in that, mm. and then out of nowhere, he's on the floor. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, yeah, and he has been in with some absolute beasts as well. Yeah. So really, it's a great fight to, uh, to 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 get us warmed up for uh, what we're going to talk about now. And uh, well, where are we going with this? Conor Poirier three. It is. Well, I mean, do, do we want to breathe that one in as well? What happened there? <laughs> I think we thought you were going to start. Yeah, you're too conscious of jumping in because yeah. all of us get excited. Yeah. I every time Stu knows I come off of this going, I didn't speak over people too much, did I? I didn't. I didn't get in anyone's <laughs> way. Every time I come off because I'm just excited to talk Take about. Take your shirt off and shut up, mate. Take your shirt off and shut up. That's what we want you to do. I know. I know. I can be. The first message I get from Pip will be like, "Did I look bigger than Brian?" <laughs> Could you see my tats? <laughs> but all, all, all that aside, one thing I think is interesting with this is it feels like a rematch rather than a third part because the first two were so far apart and the last one didn't yeah. feel like a rematch. It felt like t- two different fighters. This feels like a traditional rematch. They've had their fight. We've seen the winner. Now we're seeing it again. Can they make the adjustments? And the typical thing that you always kind of hear is that it's harder for, for the winner to make adjustments than it is for the loser because the loser knows what he did wrong and what he has to change. The winner did everything right, therefore th- doesn't know what is going to be different ne- next time. So, yeah, it's a fascinating one. I watched it, I watched it back today, the, the, the second one, and it's so technically good, that fight. 
Yeah. Tech, like, and the, the difference was those late, and it was even maybe just that. I know there was a culminative uh, set of leg kicks that built up to maybe the, the final, but that the one that just before he, he ended up with his back against the cage and that flurry of punches finished uh, Conor McGregor. Before that, there's some wonderful exchanges. Conor's finding angles. He's he's using range well. Poirier, you see him growing confidence. He takes a straight left in the in the um, in the first round, and you kind of see him settle a little because I think he's probably scared of that power punch coming through. And when you look at it just technique-wise, they they are, and it's it's a stupid thing to say when you look at their records, how long they've been around, who they fought, but technically it's such a beautiful matchup, striking-wise. Um, just mentality-wise, what they both bring to the fight. And it, it, it surprised me. I kind of remember, I half remembered it as Poirier almost steamrolling Conor McGregor. But when I watched it back, I was like, oh, hang on a minute. There are moments here where McGregor really did catch him and really could have maybe captured him. I thought so. I remembered yeah. thinking he looked decent, at yeah. least in, in, in the first round. And then the memory seems to be that he just got... He got destroyed. I, I thought like that the, the the things that I loved about Connor was I liked it when he fought that that kind of low slung sort of stance. I really liked that. But that, we, we'll get onto that in a bit. But um, I thought you know the things that really made him spectacular was how precise he was with his hands and the speed. And I thought both of them were off in that second Poirier fight. I didn't think the speed was where it was, and I didn't think he was throwing shots a lot and missing, whereas he never used to waste shots like that. And I, and I thought, and we, I know we, we had Kenny Florian when we asked him how he yeah. thought that was going to go. He was like, his thoughts were that if Connor turns up and uses all of his skills in that style that we we saw him sort of rage through the whole division, you know, in that stance, he reckons he'll get the win. But I think Cause, if cause he turns that's... up in that boxing style and wants to box Poirier, I don't think that's a good shot. Well, that's one of the things that's fascinating is the big talk is, is he going to be able to, to to figure out the leg kicks? Connor's original style was the solution for leg kicks in that he's in and out. The The best way to deal with a leg kick is to not be there for it. Mm. And that was his style that he came up with was mm. being out of range and just bursting in and mm. bursting in and giving him trouble. So it's a weird one. He's got the solution to mm. leg kicks if he wants to use it. But I think the reason he stepped away from that is the thing that Connor is criticised for the most is his cardio. Mm. And that mm. b- bouncy, bouncy, in and out style is knackering on in, on your cardio. And in the early days when, the, I always loved the, Eddie Alvarez used to say, it, I remember in one of the, the pre-fights of his in, in Bellator, they were like saying, are you ready for, the, it's a title match, five rounds. He's like, oh no, I only ever, a train for one round. I plan on going in there and finishing it and getting out. Other than that, <laughs> we'll do what we can. And I, again, I, I love that about Eddie, but um, I think C- C- Connor m- maybe tried to adapt too much to, I want more cardio. I want this and I want that. And yeah, I there don't was, know. It's, it's a tough There one. was a thing after the fight, after the Dustin Poirier one, there was a, I don't know if it was an interview or it was just a, a quote or he put it up on Instagram or something. But he, he was analysing it. What it was, it was on Instagram. Was it? He put he put something out where he said, "I've watched it back a couple of times. I know the mistakes I've made." He said, "He said I need to go back. I need to go back to where 
I was hungry where I was uh, where I was the guy before all this happened I need to go back to training with my things but you know the, the whole thing of where he was eating a punnet of blueberries in uh, on Ariel Hawani's show when he first sort of came yeah. to the scene and I was thinking he needs to be uncomfortable that's what he's saying he needs to be in this place and I was like that's awesome let's watch that be amazing that's like a rocky thing to watch and the next shot is him <laughs> building his own gym in, in California or so <laughs> Bentleys and all this yeah, yeah really uncomfortable mate you put yourself right out there and you, you really embrace the pain well, oh, he's, he's, he said on, being on, away from, from his kids and family will help because I can't remember the exact quote but he was saying like it's really hard to basically step into the cage with that kind of killer instinct when you're going home and reading bedtime stories and being dad, to yeah. being dad and stuff like that. So I think he's kind of removed that for the camp and he has just gone and just had the people around him that are going to help him train. And it all sounds good. Um, I, I, I worry that, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, prime Conor McGregor beats a prime Dustin Poirier. I think the problem at the moment is that we've got probably a prime Dustin Poirier fighting definitely not a prime Conor McGregor. Uh, Willie in five months had got the. You're saying he already had the answers to those leg kicks. Um, whether the 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 kind of forays into boxing have changed his style too much? Can he get back into it? You would hope so. Mm. I definitely like to see him like Kenny Florian was saying. Just use more of his arsenal. Use more of those kicks. Do you remember yeah. against Dennis Seaver? He seemed to do the touch of gloves yeah, and almost quite bad sportingly went straight to a spinning back kick to the body after t- like a split second after touching gloves. And you're like, I want to see that guy. In the first Poirier fight, the first thing he threw was like a spinning back kick to the body. It just makes you go, oh, this guy has got everything. And at the moment, I feel like Poirier is probably going into this fight going, He's going to be able to avoid some of the leg kicks, but I still think I'll be able to get a few of those leg kicks in. It's going to be incredibly damaging for him. It takes away his movement. It takes away his pop on his punches. I mean, that that first fight, I think Connor won that first round. I, I think, but what's really interesting about it, on the scorecards, Connor won the first round for me. But as he was walking back to his corner, I went, there's only one way this fight's going, and it's to Dustin. Because he looked mm. gassed, and it looked like the leg had been damaged. So even though he'd landed the more impactful strikes and been uh, more, more not lethal, but, but definitely caused more damage, I think, in terms of head, head and body and all that stuff, I, I think it was so clear that the long-term damage had been done to Connor's leg by that point and that there was only one way the fight was going and it was to Dustin. It's going to be really interesting to see if Connor can negate that enough. I've got, I got a question for you. Do you think... Go on. Um, some of the uh, mystique or the the effect he has on fighters has been lost because he doesn't do all these build-ups, all these press conferences anymore. There's many fights, even on the Dustin Poirier one, when he talks about that first fight, where Dustin said, I've never felt that angry. I've never been that emotionally invested. He did that to Diego Brandao in the, the sparring and uh, uh, the open workouts. He turned up when Brenda was still there and he was talking to him through the cage and he said, I knew he was broken then. Aldo, 15 months of beating down this guy mentally to make him fight not like Aldo. He came out and he got caught. Diaz as well, back of Diaz is impervious to it. Eddie Alvarez, another one that sort of crumbled with the, the height, the magnitude of what he brings before you even step in the cage. We don't get that anymore. We don't get the... That, but that Alvarez fight... That Alvarez fight was when you saw his speed yeah. and precision at yeah. his best. He yeah. didn't waste 100%. one shot. Every every but, shot he threw was on the money. It was unbelievable what what he done in that fight. 
You know what, O'Brien? I think the fighter that that talk has had the biggest effect on in Connor's career is Connor. He spends 15 months telling everyone he's the best in the world and he convinces himself. And I think there has been points in the more recent Connor that he hasn't looked as confident, as comfortable. And again, I think part of that, I think you, you could be right. If he's not out there on camera every week saying, I'm going to destroy him, I'm going to finish him in this round, I'm the best. He's instead at home going, was I as good in practice this week? Or was I a bit yeah. slow? Like, Am I struggling on the cross trainer or, or this or that? Do you know what I mean? Am I... Am I who I I once was? So yeah, you've also got to think as well at this point, like you know when when we saw him fight Cerrone and he was you know Mister Humble and very respectful and 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 stuff like that. This was off the back of him being a real fucking douche outside the octagon. You know, we saw him jump in with Goddard and give him a load of grief. All the stuff with the bus. You know, he was punching old people apparently in bars. You know, you know with the. The, the thing in Ireland, there was lots of really horrible stuff and more that was going on. And maybe he does just think, am I going to absolutely ruin everything if I keep gobbing off? Do I wind my neck in a little bit? And I don't know. And maybe if that's what he's done, maybe that has kind of, you know, got into his head that he isn't the greatest, you know, and he's only got a... Oh, that's all, all something I was going to ask as well, because I'm not... I. I I think Connor is maybe one of the most underrated fighters, which sounds crazy, but because as, as we've touched on, his technical ability gets so overlooked. But equally, I'm not particularly a Connor fan anymore, and it's because of all of his stuff he's done outside the way he's acted, the way he's, he's held himself in recent years. Do you think that's started to come home to roost? Because I don't know about about you guys, but it's M- Monday as we're recording this. It doesn't feel like a Conor McGregor fight week. No, mate. It doesn't feel anywhere near what it has felt at other times. Even the Cowboy one, you know, which was which was a smaller thing and it, all this. But I, yeah, I wonder if it's if it's the the character of Conor has has worn people out, or if it's his performances, or seeing a, a, a cr- cr- cracks in his armor. Or, or something else. It, it could be the amount of UFCs that are on at the moment. There's one, yeah. they're, they're kind of constant. You need to get that one out of the way before you can start getting excited. But yeah, for me, I don't know, it doesn't feel like your traditional Connor fight week, particularly in a trilogy that's one and one mm. with against the guy who was offered the title shot and chose Connor instead. So you would argue the best guy in the division. There's so much there that means it should be huge, but it doesn't feel as big. I think both yours and Brian's questions are linked. I think the mystique has mainly gone because he's been beaten. And there's only so many times you can talk the way Connor does and get beat. It was okay for him to do a world tour with Mayweather, get beat by Mayweather and carry on. Because it was Mayweather in a boxing match. You were a legend for even doing that and going the 10 rounds. And the ref stopped it, a lot of Connor fans would argue, and I'd maybe argue this myself, not because he was knocked out on the feet, but because he was gassing out and looked so bad. The ref could have let that go on. I think it would have probably led to a Mayweather knockout, but the ref could have let that that go on. And then he comes back and fights Khabib, has one of the darkest press conferences, if not the darkest press conference we've ever seen inside the UFC, some of the stuff that was being said and done around that. And he got beat. And he got beat comfortably um 
But you had the excuse of like, I remember leading up to that fight, it looked like he was drinking loads. He didn't look like himself. I was remember talking to mates being like, this, you're watching this press conference. Connor's drinking. He's got Connor's whiskey. Not yeah. looking like himself. He's just yeah. drinking and he doesn't see, he seems to be overplaying everything because he's, he didn't have the laid back confidence where he would give it to you and tell you some home truths and you're stuck in the mud and I'd snap you in half and all this stuff. He was shouting other stuff and it just seemed to come from a place of potential insecurity. And then he lost. And then he had like quite a lot of time off. And then he ends up fighting Cerrone, which, you know, Cerrone was kind of handpicked, wasn't he, at the end of the day? And we know that Connor is lethal in round one and Cerrone is not very good in round one. It was still a fight that, that needed to happen. and But then again, after Cerrone... A big layoff before then going from Donald Cerrone to arguably the best lightweight in the world outside of Khabib in Poirier. And I think then being getting knocked out properly for the first time against Poirier means that, yes, a lot of that mystique has gone. Fighters now yeah. will be chomping at the bit, champing at the bit. We have this argument all the time, Stu. We're not saying choking at the bit, though, uh, at the, to fight Conor McGregor. Um, and so, yes, the mystique has gone there. But also, is Connor going, fuck, I got properly knocked out in the last fight. This is, it's one thing to lose a fight and me go, oh, he shot on me. Or, oh, I was fighting the boxer and the rest stepped in early. Or, you know, whatever. Or I was choked out and all that kind of stuff. That's one thing. Getting knocked out completely and laid on your ass and having memes going around with people photoshopping bottles in your hand and all that kind of stuff as you're laying on the canvas. That's damaging to the brand. It's damaging to the revenues you can create. And I wonder if now he's going, I am just going to isolate myself and really take myself back to the old Connor or do the best I can to do that, leave no stone unturned and just fight and just focus on fighting. Because if he loses this, the really interesting question is, where does he go from here? Because I do think he's still probably the biggest draw in the UFC. The Nate trilogy is probably the biggest fight that could possibly yeah. be made. There's fights with Masvidal, which I would, I don't know whether I would favour him in that fight. Dane has said that Masvidal's too big for him, but in terms of making money, that's a huge fight. Mm. Connor's got no shortage of making big, big fights, but his legitimacy will will deteriorate it's, massively. It's, it's whether he wants to be GSP or Chow Sonnen. And I love both of them. And they're two of the biggest pay-per-view buyers in history. Until Connor started taking everyone's records, it was GSP, it was Chow, and it was Brock in there as well. Um, but Chow is remembered for being Chow, for being a character. He wasn't this champion. Does he want to be champ champ or does he want to be red panty night and and that's what's going to be decided in in this fight really is it just he goes on in this era as you guys have spoken about before of of annoyance in this era of of money fights of the Paul brothers and all these other things does he just become that and just become a guy that it's big money to fight him it doesn't really mean anything or does he want to go and try and, and push on to being the guy who was the first to, to 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 have both belts and to do all this amazing st- stuff. It's 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 on the line. Well, one of the things that I want to pick up on that, that, that Blake said, and I want to throw in um, our mutual friend, uh, something that Brad Pickett said to us once when I when I interviewed him a few years ago. And he said, 
you know, as a fighter that was, a, you know, a confident fighter that wanted to throw his hands and wanted to get stuck in, I think Brad said, like, after he got knocked out, it changed the way that he went into fights. All of a sudden, he didn't have that super confidence that I can take one to give one, but starting to fight a little bit more cautiously. I think I'm, I'm speaking... 100%, uh, yeah. yeah. He talks to and, us about fighters, yeah. He said that that changed, that Almeida fight changed him completely. Yeah, yeah. And and I think, you know, the the way that, you know, that, that last Connor fight ended, he knows that's that's a possibility. He knows that... Dustin's got that power and he knows that, you know, his chin doesn't want that. And that's got to be rattling around in his head. hundred percent. That's got to put a chink in your confidence. We've, we've, we've talked a lot about Connor, but the, the, the Dustin side of it as well. I thought that he deserves so much credit for that performance and that finish in particular, mm. that, that final, first of all, picking those shots uh, for the leg kicks were immense, but the final flurry in which he finished Connor if you slow that down, that is absolutely supreme MMA striking. He's picking angles. He's hurting Connor. Connor's throwing back. He's he's completely switched on. He's not wild with what he's doing. Um, and I think I think you're right. I don't think Connor. He's never been under that pressure in striking before. And I, the other thing that he took away that he talked about was, and this is the strange thing, and maybe when you look at his records, I think he's only fought like six times in MMA since 2016. And Dustin's almost, I think it's nine or 10 he's had in that amount of time. Connor um, said, I've never felt those leg kicks, which is a crazy thing to say, because I know they've kind of skyrocketed in the last few years. But for him to actually like comment, and he made a couple of comments, I've never, I've never felt that. And that's, that's mm. strange, because the sport moves so quick. So quick. Yeah. You, you look at what the UFC posted this week. They posted the 10-year of Carwin Lesnar. And you jump back to watching that, and it wow. feels like the Stone Ages. You watch, yeah. And you realise how much has moved technically, how much has moved on. I mean, they do both look like cavemen. <laughs> <so that's laughs> it's like, that's going to have made it feel like that. But. But, um, so I, I think it's, I think, Dustin is, is, like you say, you've got that phrase, paid in full. He has grown with the sport. You look back at there's a beautiful... Mm. Document. I posted it in our group where he sits and he yeah, watches. His, it was fantastic. And he goes through his whole era. Just going through fight by fight. Unbelievable. Yeah. And you see him from a young, like a real young rookie. And even when he's talking about his striking, you see him throwing punches. And it's technically, it's not where he is now. And then you see how he's grown, who he's fought, what he's overcome. The family side of him as well. He's got his wife behind him the whole way since uh, uh, since he was 16 years old. And they first met and then they get married and they've built this whole together. Um, and he's he's been in the sport. He's moved with the sport. He is mm. phenomenal. Whereas I think McGregor's gaps and just that that caught my ear. Just for him to say that's the first I've never felt something like that. Um, I think that is that is that is interesting and probably a sign of how quick the sport moves. It's 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 an interesting one because there's nothing I love more than watching a fighter reach what we think is their their limit. And then adjust and improve. And we've seen that with Dustin. We've seen it with numerous RDA comes to mind as one who seemed like he was going to be in the middle and then went, here's my adjustment. Charles Oliveira as well, who's probably awaiting the winner of this fight as well. Perfect example. But despite me loving that, it always leaves in the back of my head a belief that they're beatable. Because we've seen them be beaten. And and, I don't know, it makes you feel they're not this elite like you think of Conor McGregor as this thing that I know he has lost, but on that rise, you were like, who is going to figure out this, this guy? Dustin never had that until 
he was going up against, or until a few fights before he was going up against Khabib, really, you were always like, yeah, he might win, he might lose. He was never really that. It's all on Dustin. I'm confident. You're like, yeah. Even in beatable. those fights, though, you see so many like holes or avenues. That, but Gaethje, yeah. you think yeah. he could have won that fight. Alvarez, Alvarez you think he yeah. could have won that fight. Yeah. Dan Hooker, another one. But he could have won but, that fight. But that's that's the thing that I think is key in this. And I've been thinking about this. I think cardio is overrated. But let me explain. <laughs> Stop it there. Pause. I think, <laughs> no, 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 wait. Stu, clip I think, this, yeah? Clip this, Stu. I think, clip I, think what we, I think what we think of as cardio is arguably the most important thing in MMA. But Dustin, we've seen Dustin get exhausted but not accept it because he's got that grit, he's got that mentality. It's not necessarily about his heel sprints, his running machine... We've seen him breathing out of his mouth heavily, exhausted. We've seen his eyes roll at points where someone's got up from a takedown and he's exhausted, but he won't accept tiredness. And I think that is the cardio that that sets people apart. It's those fighters who go, yeah, I'm as knackered as you are, but I ain't stopping. And Connor hasn't necessarily shown that. Pip, are you we're, suggesting we're that Conor McGregor is mentally weak? Is that... Um, to quote, no, not to exactly. quote Scroobius Pip, Conor <laughs> McGregor is mentally weak. Just, that's, that's what I heard. 100%. <laughs> he threw a I fucking thing at a, in, a, I a, I a bus because he was angry. Someone, someone th- said they were going to beat up his mate, so he got on a plane and threw a little trolley at a bus. <laughs> You can't get more mentally weak than that. This is the fight game. This is Mr. Smack talking it. What did you say to my mate? Oh, book a ticket. Book a ticket. I'm coming. Love off. I'm on my way. That's it. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, again, I, I, I think there's an element of that. I think what Connor and Dustin share massively is they've got great fight IQs. Yeah. Um, so regardless of them, because again, again, like we're joking about it, but in the Diaz fight, in 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 the Khabib fight, and in the, I'll tell you what it is actually, Connor needs to convince himself again. He's mentally weak until he gets into his own ear. In 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 Mayweather, uh, we saw him get tired, but then we saw him get a bit better again before it was it was was finished. We saw the same in the Khabib fight, the whole he won a round. He won yeah. a round. It wasn't the first round, it wasn't the second. Um so I think he's got a I think he needs to convince himself. I think whereas with Dustin, it's from the start, it's like no, I ain't quitting. I think Connor is more am I quitting? No, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. But he has that moment of, of wondering, I guess. Hmm. It's tough. Well, we'll find out at the weekend. Um, we anyone will, else got we? anything else to add to this? Well, I, well, I, how I, mad is it that this isn't the title fight in that division? I know, it's, it's crazy. Mad. How mad is it that the winner gets to fight Oliveira and people will be like, oh, I don't fancy Oliveira's ch- 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 chance. Like, however this goes, you're gonna. Yeah. it'll be arguable that... The, they're the best in this division. Yeah, but I mean, and that again is interesting as where things go from here because Dustin's shown that he can prioritise money over the belt. Mm-hmm. As much as I, mm-hmm. I didn't think that a while back, I thought Dustin was all about the belt. But I tell you what would be really interesting is if someone says to him, you, you could fight Charles Oliveira for the belt because obviously that's, you know, that's the belt. That's great. But you've just beat Connor in a trilogy. Do you? Do you want to fight Nate Diaz for triple the money you'd fight Charles Oliveira for? Uh, at mm. 170, so you don't need to cut any weight either. 
I think Dustin yeah. Poirier go, well, my my foundation would do pretty bloody well off of a, a Nate Diaz I, fight. So that I think could Dustin Poirier would go. Is is the fight decided by the judges or by who Nate thinks won by the end of it? Because <laughs> if it's who Nate thinks won, I ain't going in there. I ain't, I ain't taking that L. But I tell you what, that's a fight as well. I mean, they were booked to fight before. It got cancelled. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a really interesting one that whether Dustin wins or loses, Nate is a fantastic option. And whether you know what? Connor wins a- or loses... Yeah, Nate's a fantastic Nate is option. a fantastic option. I, I think that's a great sh- shout because, yeah, I would have had in my head if Dustin loses, he's gone out in the money fight. But, but you're completely right. If yeah. he loses, pair him up L- with look Nate. Look at the response yeah. Nate got when he came out. That was ridiculous. His return. You think that is yeah. that is money. That's you know what this conversation has genuinely made me want Connor to win. Because I love the idea of Charles Oliveira, who's been doing it so hard for so long, getting that huge money fight. Yeah. Defending against Connor, a winnable fight, probably a more winnable fight than the Dustin that we've I seen agree. so far. Yeah. And then the Dustin going and smashing up again, fight IQ against N- N- Nate. Nate isn't a fight IQ guy. Nate is a fighter. Mm. He, he he wants to go in there and scrap. So again. You know what, you, the thing is, you always say smash up, but you never say finish, do you, when you say Nate Diaz? No, you not can't necessarily. Finish. <laughs> you can't finish that Stockton zombie. It's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Nate Diaz and Amanda Nunes, let's go. Come on, let's get that division sorted out as well. Shevchenko, oh, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> Lads, I've got, to do, I've got to say one more thing as well. I just want my, my integrity to be held, because I think Dustin Poirier heard that I was going to be on the... Uh, Oh, oh look, at that. Oh, look at that! The uh, thing, and he didn't just send me that. He sent me two boxes, oh. two boxes. Check that! Right. The Louisiana hot sauce. hot sauce for people that Louisiana obviously can't Louisiana see this. Louisiana hot sauce, yeah. <laughs> which is, uh, which, and I think he was hoping that I'd just go straight pick him. I'm not. You might be paid in for maybe. You can, there's not enough hot sauce or money in the world, my friend. This is uh, an unbiased podcast, and we stick by our morals. All right. Then. And we, we do operate like Connor. We've got your back, Blake. So if Ralph Little starts smack talking you, mate, we will jump on a train and we'll go up north and we will throw a trolley at him, brother. Don't you worry. At, at, at worst, at, at, listen, if, we, if there's no trolley around, I'll nick a basket from Sainsbury's. And we'll that, all right? Whatever happens, we got you, mate. We got you. I love the idea of you throwing a basket from Sainsbury's at a bus or something like that. Uh, or, or a trolley, but having to knock to get my pounds back. I love the idea of... of Ralph Little getting the bus to Sainsbury's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gentlemen, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> pleasure as ever, gents. Oh, well, Thanks so thank much, you. guys. Does anyone want any hot sauce? I literally have got two boxes of hot sauce. <laughs>